Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined this week by Ida Waringa and by Ephraim Tagu. And on this week's show, we focus on CAF's decision to give Morocco the hosting of the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations and to give Kenya, Uganda and Tanzania the 2027 edition with their joint bid. We go to Morocco to find out more about what we can expect. Generally speaking... Moroccan authorities, Moroccan fans, football lovers here in Morocco, we are all well delighted to host this, this tournament. That's coming up shortly. Also, we analyse the controversy around Victor Osimen at Napoli as the Italian club mocked their Nigerian star striker on social media. Also, we ask what's wrong with Chelsea in the English Premier League. Uh, lots on the Africa Cup of Nations on the show today then. Uh, so Morocco were named as hosts of the 2025 AFCON on Wednesday. Algeria pulled out the day before the vote in Cairo by CAF's executive committee, as did Nigeria and Benin with their joint bid. Uh, Zambia also withdrew, leaving Morocco unopposed. And a joint East African bid from Kenya, Uganda and Tanzania won the rights to hold the 2027 tournament. Let's go to Casablanca in Morocco and speak to Jalal Bonnois. Uh, well, first of all, Jalal, I'm so sorry about the recent earthquake uh, there in Morocco uh, and the loss of life and the devastation. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it was a devastating earthquake, uh, a sad moment in the history of Morocco. But uh, now things are going well. Uh, the efforts uh, being made right now to help families of the victims and also by rebuilding houses for them. But it was very, very sad. And thanks God, now things are are fine. Yeah, that's uh, good to hear. So um, on a brighter note, you are hosting the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, congratulations. Uh, what's the feeling like there in Morocco? We are happy. We're happy. Happy and proud and delighted to know uh, that Morocco is hosting this, this, this tournament. Morocco has always uh, wanted to host the Africa Cup of Nations. Now it's time for this, this big challenge. We are uh, experienced as we hosted the similar competitions, you know, including the Women's Af- Africa Cup of Nations, the Chan, the FIFA Clubs World Cup. Morocco wants to make it a historical, historical tournament that must be watched and that's maybe the challenge we want that this tournament not to be watched only by Africans we want people from all over the world to follow and watch this uh, this edition the 2025 edition to be hosted here in Morocco our strategic location for sure will help you know we are close to Europe and maybe it's going to help in the marketing and coverage of, of this competition so generally speaking Moroccan authorities, Moroccan fans, football lovers here in Morocco. We are all, we are all, uh, uh, delighted to host this, this tournament. It's the second time in, in Morocco after the, the only one that was in 1988. That's a long time ago. So it sounds like it uh, should be really exciting. Um, uh, no doubt you have great facilities there to host the AFCON. We could be talking of six different cities. Exactly, exactly. Morocco, uh, there are six cities for sure. Morocco is now rebuilding uh, some stadiums for the competition. And of course, for also the 2030 World Cup, as we are bidding, you know, uh, in partnership with Spain and Portugal to host the FIFA 
World Cup in 2030. Uh, you know, all the facilities are provided to make the Africa Cup of Nations here in Morocco to make the edition a historical one. As you said, six cities will host the tournament. Casablanca, Agadir, Rabat, Marrakesh, Tangier and Fez. These cities are touristic and, uh, you know, they represent the Moroccan, the Moroccan culture. Additionally, uh, 25 training stadiums will be provided for, for the, for the participating teams, you know, 24 teams, and there will be another stadium for, for, for referees. I mean, training stadiums, uh, uh, it team will have its own training center to be used only by them. I mean, only by one team. That's something new in Africa. You know, 25 stadiums for training is something new in Africa. Generally speaking, the infrastructure in terms of stadiums, hotels, and also transport uh, here in Morocco, mainly in these six cities, are well, well developed. Uh, in addition, maybe to the broadcasting facilities and the organization as Morocco has enough experience in hosting a similar uh, competition. Yeah, sounds impressive. So we don't know the dates yet, but if this is held in the summer, in uh, June and July, like uh, Egypt uh, in 2019, uh, what sort of conditions would we be expecting in terms of weather? I think uh, the tournament uh, will be uh, organized in June and July. It's warm, and I think it's going to be a, a, a historical one. Fans can also come, and mainly the African uh, football fans who live in Europe, so it's not that far away. And also other uh, fans who can come from the African continent. Generally speaking, Casablanca, Rabat, Agadir, Tangier, the weather is amazing in summer. Probably a little bit hit in Fez and in Marrakesh, but not that hot. Right. Had any idea what was happening behind the scenes uh, in this uh, bidding race, Jalal? Because uh, Algeria, they had a really strong bid as well with uh, superb stadiums too, and they hosted the Chan successfully at the start of uh, this year. Uh, in the end, though, they dropped out. Morocco um, has... Uh made efforts, to be honest with you, in terms of football diplomacy, trying to welcome uh, football teams to come to play in Morocco during their friendlies or during their international games. So Morocco has worked hard for this competition before trying to, to convince uh, the, the African teams, the nations that are members of the CAF to believe in Morocco and trust Morocco. And when Morocco bidded for this tournament, for sure the other teams Talking uh, the other countries, mainly mainly Algeria and Nigeria, they, they knew they knew that they cannot compete Morocco because we have been doing a, uh, we have been making efforts to provide a beautiful picture about about football here in Morocco and and as CAF president said in the, his speech announcing the 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 countries to hold the tournament, he said that Nigeria Algeria the uh, withdraw just to bid, bid for 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 the 2027. You know why? Because in one nation, it was clear for journalists, it was clear for the officials who came to Cairo that Morocco is is the country to organize the the, the tournament. You know also why? Because it's good. For for Africa at the end, if we want to bring the World Cup back to Africa, that we give this opportunity to Morocco to host the biggest uh, football tournament uh, in the continent. Right, well, we look forward to uh, 2025 in Morocco. And uh, how's the mood with the men's team, uh, Jalal, after that a brilliant World Cup showing uh, last December, uh, becoming the first African team to reach the semi-finals? 
the mood is positive and we are we all here in Morocco believe that we have become a strong uh, footballing nation. Now we need the Africa Cup of Nations here. We have only uh, we have only one one title. It's since 1976. Uh, uh, following our performance in Qatar, and now uh, we have become as we feel that we have become a strong strong uh, football nation. I think it's time uh, to win the Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, if we don't win the, the, this year's edition organized in Ivory Coast. I think the 2025 tournament hosted here at home maybe is the perfect, the perfect uh, opportunity maybe uh, to, to win the title. I was speaking there to Jalal Bonwa in Casablanca in Morocco. So Morocco will host the 2025 edition of the Africa Cup of Nations. Let's find out more from Planet Sport Football Africa's Ida Waringa. Uh, Ida, Algeria were in the race for hosting both 2025 and the 2027 editions, but withdrew from both on Tuesday despite their fabulous infrastructure. Um, a bit of a surprise? Yes, Steve. Behind the scenes, it's said that Algeria pretty much failed to jostle enough votes and withdrew knowing that they wouldn't have as much influence as Morocco in the final vote. Now, Algeria's preference would definitely have been to host the 2025 edition. And knowing that they wouldn't get the 2027 edition as well, now with regional rotation, well, they withdrew from that too, and it does make sense. However, how it was painted was very different. You see, the announcement came on the same day as new federation president Walid Saadi. And the double withdrawal was put out as being part of a new approach or a new strategy, if you will, by the Federation, whatever that means. (laughs) But Steve, Algeria had come in as possible replacements for Guinea, who were stripped of the hosting rights by CAF. Now, the country previously hosted the Afghan in 1990. That was when they won their first continental title as well. Most recently, they hosted the Chan earlier this year. Now, they'd built new stadiums, they'd upgraded other infrastructure for that. So, you know, they surely must have thought that they were in with a chance of hosting the Afghan soon. For sure, Algeria have not taken kindly to Morocco being awarded the hosting rights. To anyone who's been following the goings-on of African football, then Morocco getting those 2025 rights was no surprise. But for Algeria to have been in the bid and then withdrawn is especially embarrassing, you know, considering the deep rivalry that it has with its fellow North African country. Steve, we've talked about that rivalry before, you know, that rivalry between Algeria and Morocco on the show before. And it's been a lot from Morocco withdrawing from the Chan earlier this year when they had closed their airspaces off to one another. Now, during the same Chan, remember, in Algeria, that was when Mandela's grandson, who was the guest of honor, made some really heated, provocative, politically charged statements against Morocco. But Steve, just to remind the listeners, 
The two countries have been embroiled in a political feud over the Western Sahara for almost a generation now. And it escalated to the point that in August 2021, that's now two years ago, Algeria decided to completely break off diplomatic ties with Morocco. So this bid was very symbolic on both sides as well. And Steve, it's quite interesting how both countries' football fortunes currently couldn't be more different, right? I mean, Morocco just came from making history at the World Cup last year and now will be hosting the Afghan. While Algeria failed to qualify for the World Cup and will now definitely not be hosting an Afghan anytime soon. Yes, and the AFCON will be back in East Africa in 2027, having last been there in 1976 when Ethiopia hosted. Kenya, Uganda and Tanzania will give us the first tournament ever hosted by three countries. So what do you make of the 2027 race, Ida, and whether we'll continue to see these tournaments rotated regionally around the continent? Well, Steve, during this year's Chan, CAF President Motsepe, he talked about a policy of regional rotation. But then Secretary General Veron Mosengo Omba, he basically countered those sentiments a few months later, saying that rotation may not always be possible due to the limited infrastructural capacity of most countries. So, you know, this is definitely one of those situations where we will see as time goes. But look, so far, based on Wednesday's results, they are keeping to the promise. I mean, the last time the Sakafa Zone hosted the Nations Cup was in 1976 in Ethiopia. Now, to the 2027 race, as you asked, and Steve, if I may be totally candid... The announcement that the Kenya-Tanzania-Uganda bid won the rights did not spur any level of excitement from me, despite being Kenyan. And look, I know this may be taken negatively by some, and they could very well be right. But for me, the job is still in its first stage. Winning the bid is commendable. Don't get me wrong, the submission cannot be easy. But the work has only begun. And Kenya has failed in what comes as the next stage in this process a couple of times before. And it's been a couple of times too many for my liking. So this really doesn't inspire too much confidence from me. Kenyans have been here before, Steve, and it's all too painful and embarrassing. The Confederation awarded the country rights to host the 1996 Afghan and the 2018 Chan only to strip it for lack of adequate preparation in both cases. So I do hope the fact that this is a combined hosting gives the country impetus to at least do its part. I mean, a three-country hosting is definitely historical. Otherwise, CAF really might not be so gracious next time. So look, Steve, this is one situation I would really love to be wrong in. And if that is the case come that time, then look, I will definitely eat my humble pie. No problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> One case where you would love to be wrong. Uh, thanks, Ida. Asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. Uh, what do you think about the 2025 and 2027 Africa Cup of Nations hosts? So Morocco were named as hosts of the 2025 AFCON on Wednesday, winning unopposed after Algeria pulled out, uh, as did Nigeria and Benin with their joint bid and Zambia too. And then this joint East African bid from Kenya, Uganda and Tanzania will host in 2027 uh, bringing the tournament back to the region for the first time since 1976. So what do you think about the hosts? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think about the 2025 and 2027 AFCON hosts? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Mohamed Salah in great form at Liverpool. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's go to social media now. And last week we asked, should Andre Onana keep his place at Manchester United? It's been a bad start to the season for United and a bad start too for goalkeeper Andre Onana. The Cameroonians' error gave Bayern Munich the opening goal in United's Champions League defeat and he's conceded 14 goals in Manchester United's first six games. Uh, But United have been struggling in all departments. So we asked, do you think that Onana should keep his place? And uh, uh, should say, since we asked this question, he has kept two clean sheets in the 1-0 league win over Burnley last weekend and in a Tuesday's 3-0 EFL Cup third round win over Crystal Palace. Well, many had strong views on this one. A Tordi Edward in Nigeria says, indeed, Onana doesn't deserve to keep his place. Isaac Issa Tarawali in Sierra Leone says, based on present performance, he deserves to be on the bench as the third-choice goalkeeper. Establisher in Gambia says Onana has a field play mentality more than being a goalie. And Fanke Ishmael in Ghana says, former goalkeeper David De Gea is far better than Onana. Uh, De Cardinal says, I'm an Arsenal fan, but let's leave the banter aside. Uh, Signing Onana was one big mistake. Uh, Last season, Inter Milan had one of the best defences in Europe, and that made Onana look good, says De Cardinal. Uh, But most people did express faith in Onana. Ubochi in the Gambia says, yes, he should give his place for now because he can still be loved by Eric Ten Hag, the manager. And Dans in Uganda says, yes, he should keep it. A bad beginning can lead to a good end. He was a superstar at Inter Milan. A belong Baji in the Gambia says, Onana is still good. He needs more playing time and support from the defence. And others too also felt that the rest of the team could be the problem more than Onana. And Aftalai KB Jr. in Zambia says he's not the problem, it's the defence and midfield at Man United. Uh, Shagun Taiwo in Nigeria says he should keep his place because the whole team needs a total reawakening. Adiyemi Moses Muyiwa says United's defence is shaky. Onana should be given more time to adapt because he is a great goalkeeper. Uh, Tinashe Maunganidze in Zimbabwe says Onana is doing well. He's making a lot of saves, but there's no defence for him, so he can't save all of the shots. The Man United defence and midfield are very poor, says Tinashe. 
Others in support of Anana included Abraham Mwandenga in Malawi, saying, "Yes, he's the best. Let's keep him playing." Uh, Mark Fatter Jundu says Anana can't be blamed for Man United's poor showing so far. Uh, before he came, when the team had been experiencing their bad seasons, David de Gea was going through the same thing, says Mark. And uh, Trends K. Calvin Walter in Liberia says, "Yes, I believe Anana should have his place secured on the team." I'm convinced he's doing all he can not to have those mistakes repeated again. We're human, likewise. Onana is,、uh, says Trends. And、uh, finally, in Kenya, King World says Onana isn't the problem. Let's give him more time. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you.、Uh, right next here on Planet Sport, Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Let's talk more European football. And、uh, Stuart's away again this week, so I'm joined again by my colleague here in Zimbabwe, sports journalist Ephraim Tagu. And the most controversial story this week in European and African football was Nigeria forward Victor Osimhen, who plays for Napoli in Italy, who's threatening to take legal action against Napoli. After events that began last weekend, when he missed a penalty in the goalless draw against Bologna, and complained to the coach when he was taken off,、uh, then Napoli posted twice on social media a content that was seen to be mocking Osimhen, which has not gone down well with him. Well, Osimhen was included in the squad for Wednesday's game against Udinese. He scored in the 4-1 win, and then on Thursday there was some kind of an apology from Napoli,、uh, saying that they never intended to offend or to make fun.、Uh, Of Victor Osimhen,、uh, but、uh, Ephraim, his future at the club、uh, really does、uh, look to be in doubt now. Yeah, they've since deleted uh, the uh, TikTok uh, posts, uh, but、um, Victor Osimhen had seen this and、uh, he's not happy at all. He's the best striker, one of the best strikers in the world, and、um, he's a joy to watch.、Uh, he's, he's like your Sadio Mane. Who scores a lot of goals and、uh, wow, he's he's such a joy.、Uh, his contract expires in 2025,、uh, so they really don't want to、uh, play around with this situation. And、uh, with him now threatening legal action against Napoli, with his agent、uh, coming out and、uh, posting on social media、uh, that he has found this very disrespectful and that they might be、uh, considering legal action and how this might harm a player in the long term,、uh, such as、uh, Victor Osimhen. Don't understand why. You would post a video of your own superstar who's delivered a scudetto, mocking him. I, I, I just, I just, I just don't get it. But it does look like this is maybe his way of、um, just producing、uh, the transfer request, and the, the environment now has become so hostile. Look out for the January tran- transfer window. Yeah, I mean that's not the way to treat a superstar, is it? And if he's deleted、uh, all of his pictures uh, uh, associating himself with Napoli,、uh, that does suggest that、uh, he might have had enough. Yeah, and and he's he's, he's such a loyal player.、Uh, he he stayed on、uh, during this、uh, transfer window、uh, when he was being linked with. All the big guns across Europe, and he stayed on. And you'd expect that they would show him more love, they'll show him more respect. He's an absolute legend. I think behind Diego Maradona in in Napoli's history, you've got Victor Osimhen because he's the one who's delivered a title that they had to wait for since the Diego Maradona days. And this is how you treat him, mocking him on social media. You've got a TikTok account that's got more than 4.5 million subscribers there, and it's being viewed across the world, mocking your own superstar. Unacceptable. 
Yeah, Ossiman was uh, linked with moves to maybe Manchester United or Chelsea in the off-season, but uh, stayed with Napoli. So we'll see uh, if this will be patched up or indeed, as Ephraim says, if he uh, might want to make his way out of the club in the January transfer window. Okay, let's talk English Premier League then, uh, Ephraim. Uh, Chelsea, all of the signings, uh, all of the money spent, but uh, it's such a bad start to the season for the Blues. What's the problem there? Well, you know, money can't buy success. I know people think that money buys success, but it, it really can't. And this this is just the evidence that you can't buy your way uh, to winning the title. At, at a club like Chelsea, they don't just compete in these leagues. They want to win the Premier League. They want to win the UEFA Champions League. They've brought in multiple players, and they just can't buy a goal. They just can't buy a goal. You've got Ryan Sterling misfiring. Unfortunately, you also have uh, Nico Jackson also un- uh, misfiring. Uh, you've got chopping and changing happening. And you also have a lot of players being injured. So, th- so there's this fitness issues. Any issue that you can think about right now, Chelsea is suffering from it. And a Chelsea play away to Fulham on Monday, but without Nicholas Jackson, who's suspended for already picking up five yellow cards. Uh, good for him to have scored in the EFL Cup third round against Brighton on Wednesday. But uh, this was a big move for the Senegal striker. A lot of faith was put in him, partly because of uh, other injuries, but uh, it just hasn't gone well for him so far. Yeah, you'd have to bemoan the injury of uh, Nkunku. Uh, they had uh, forged a bit of a partnership during uh, the off-season. They looked well together, interchanging that number nine, number ten position. They looked like they were ready to go, and then Nkunku got injured, and then Maurizio Pochettino had to change his strategy around. What was disappointing for me was that Maurizio Pochettino spoke to to, to Nico Jackson, made it clear that you are you are you are one yellow card away from a suspension. Please, please, please. Stop. Stop arguing with the referee. Guess what he goes and, and does? Argues with the referee. I, 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 can't, I can't really defend someone who, after six games, has five yellow cards and is on a suspension. But you do feel he's got goals in him, yeah? Yes, yes, he's got goals in him. He's got the athleticism. He tends to get in the right positions at the right time. That shows that he's got the, uh, that number nine's brain. And he was doing very, very well before he moved uh, to Chelsea. But now when you're in a team that's, that's low on confidence and you're surrounded by players that are changing positions and you're playing with this person this week, the next person the other week, it can be very difficult. And he's gone to a new club. He's gone to a new country. So he needs to, to, to settle in a bit more. But I'm hoping that this suspension can calm him down a bit because uh, some of these yellow cards, it was because of frustration, just trying a little bit too hard, wanting to impress, missing a a, a big chance here and there. But I'm hoping that uh, when he comes back after the suspension, he will be able to hit the ground running. And uh, Chelsea in 14th position. Uh, Liverpool are flying in second place, 16 points, two behind Manchester City. Mohamed Salah, he really is playing well at the moment, Ephraim. Yeah, Mohamed Salah is playing great. Uh, he's, he's a joy to watch, isn't he? So Mohamed Salah, when you really look at him uh, this this year, he's uh, playing in that sort of creative role. He's he's not the primary source of goals for Liverpool at the moment. And, you know, it's happy days when you've got someone like Darwin Nunes who seems to be picking form at the right time. And uh, if you look at uh, uh, the stats as far as assists are concerned, 
Mohamed Salah is the most creative player in the league, leading in assists, leading in chances created, and he's scoring goals as well, and he's on penalties. He's such a gem in terms of the attacking threat that Liverpool have. And I think we are getting back to that Mohamed Salah of old who carried Liverpool to a, a Premier League title and also to a Champions League title. And they look at the moment, Steve, they look like they are the closest team to Manchester City. Barring injuries, if things stay like this in terms of form, Liverpool are the closest team to Manchester City. And Mohamed Salah is playing a big part in that. Well, a very promising start to the season. Uh, Manchester United are possibly turning the corner, probably too early to say. Good to see Morocco's Sofiane Amrabat uh, making his debut, first as a sub uh, last weekend uh, in that game against Burnley and then uh, getting a start against Crystal Palace on Tuesday in the EFL Cup. Uh, he shone at the World Cup in Qatar for Morocco as they went to the semi-finals. Uh, will he fit? Uh, what do you expect of him at uh, Man United? Yeah, it's going to be difficult if he continues to play in that inverted left-back role that he played in his last game in the League Cup. He's a midfielder. He's, he's versatile. We know that. He's, he's good on the ball. He can pass it around. They got away with it because they were playing against the Crystal Palace that struggled uh, with uh, the Old Trafford crowd behind Manchester United. Now, I'd like to see him in his natural position, which is in midfield. Playing as an inverted left back for me. We saw what happened with Thomas Party at Arsenal. Mikel Arteta tried to uh, use Thomas Party in that role. He struggled a lot before he got injured. And Amrabat, he needs to go back into midfield and he needs to thrive in that role. But I liked what I saw from him. He says that even if you put me in Onana's place in goal, I'll just play. I want to contribute. So that was very fascinating to hear. Well, thanks very much, uh, Ephraim. That's uh, Ephraim Tagu, my colleague here in Zimbabwe. Let's hope it goes well for Sofiane Amrabat at Man United. Uh, they host Crystal Palace on Saturday. Other big games on Saturday, Arsenal playing away to Bournemouth, Man City away to Wolves, and the game of the weekend is Tottenham-Liverpool. That's the late game on Saturday. Well, from me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu here in Zimbabwe and from Ida Waringa, thanks a lot for listening. That's it for the show for this week. And a planet sport, Football Africa is a passion for sport production.